We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night. Ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end... What will I become? Senwa Saga. Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. Every now and then I post something that I know is going to like disappoint like the super religious people who have like put me on a pedestal. Someone's like, you out here half naked. You can't be. But you should know that because even if I don't post it, I am out here with these thighs out. And I just want to be honest about what you're getting when you get me. And then I try to be honest, like I'm having a bad day or like I'm dropping balls and I'm trying to take care of the kids. Like I am not your hero. I am a woman on a journey who is leaning into who God has called me to be. This is Sanctified, the littest church service where hot girls and holiness align. And we are your hosts. I'm Deborah Joy Winans. I'm a wife, a mother, an actor, but most importantly, I'm a lover. And I'm LaVon Briggs, Emmy Award winner, Joy Chaser, and a Queens girl. And when my old church asked me to wear stockings, I bought fishnets. And this is the kind of church that rocks with the Megan the Stallions just as much as the Mahalia Jacksons. On Sanctified, we center the testimonies of sisters who are figuring out their faith authentically. And we're going to ruffle some of the saints' feathers, y'all. But we will always leave you feeling affirmed and loved. You ready, LaVon? Let's go get them. What up? Hey. Oh my goodness. Okay. LaVon, first of all, how you doing? DJ, I'm amazing. How are you? I'm fantastic. I am really full of joy and gratefulness because we are recording our final episode of season one of Sanctified. Although we've come <laughs> to the end of season one. Wow. Right? That's amazing. Mm-hmm. What a journey. I'm so grateful. What a gift. Yeah. The beautiful women we've talked to, the things that we've shared. Oh, the tears that have been shed. <laughs> shed. Yeah. I pray that it's all been worth it. I pray that it has been a benefit to our listeners. And I think what's interesting today as we do our final episode talking about women hello, and the beauty of who we are, mm-hmm. it's nice to lean into what have we been taught about being a woman. And I think a lot of us, Oof. especially coming from a Christian background in the church, I think a lot of what we've been taught has been hinged on the Proverbs 31 woman. Oh my God, that sister there. <laughs> yeah, Proverbs 31. If I never hear that scripture again, child. But just in case some of y'all haven't heard it, we'll be reading Proverbs 31 verses 10 through 31 in the NIV, aka the New International Version. If you have your Bibles, <laughs> if you would stand for the reading of God's word. Uh-huh. All right, take your time. Yes, amen. We give thanks for the shepherd of this house, Deborah Joy Wine. We're back. (laughs) We're back in the day. Pages are rustling and we're not using electronics. All right, child, open your phone and tap on the app and turn to Proverbs 31. Well, 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 well. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, 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 well. well. Read, Rita. (laughs) My mama used to be a reader. 
Really? Yes. Oh, I love this. And the this- word of God says. Yeah. You know, they got to start with an intro. Yes, yes, yes. I'm cracking up. Just in case some of y'all haven't heard it. The epilogue. The wife of noble character. A wife of noble character who can find. She is worth far more than Ruby's drama. Her husband has full confidence in her and lacks nothing of value. She brings him good, not harm, all the days of her life. She selects wool and flax, okay girl, and works with eager hands. She is like the merchant ships bringing her food from afar. She gets up while it is still night. She provides food for her family and portions for her female servants. She considers a field and buys it. Out of her earnings, she plants a vineyard. She sets about her work vigorously. Her arms are strong for her tasks. She sees that her trading is profitable and her lamp does not go out at night. In her hand, she holds the distaff and grasps the spindle with her fingers. She opens her arms to the poor and extends her hands to the needy. When it snows, she has no fear for her household, for all of them are clothed in scarlet. I'm just thinking about growing up in snow, child. She makes coverings for her bed. She is clothed in fine linen and purple. Her husband is respected at the city gate, where he takes his seat among the elders of the land. She makes linen garments and sells them and supplies the merchants with sashes. She is clothed with strength and dignity. She can laugh at the days to come. She speaks with wisdom and faithful instruction is on her tongue. She watches over the affairs of her household and does not eat the bread of idleness. Her children arise and call her blessed, her husband also, and he praises her. Many women do noble things, but you surpass them all. Charm is deceptive and beauty is fleeting, but a woman who fears the Lord is to be praised. Honor her for all that her hands have done and let her works bring her praise at the city gate. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. (laughs) (laughs) Sullivan, what were you taught about the Proverbs 31 woman in terms of you being a woman of faith? I was taught that that was the model for Christian womanhood, that I needed to be her, that the Proverbs 31 woman could do it all. The I'm every woman trope, right? And I was like, this is exhausting. Just reading through this, there are city gates and there are sashes and then there's snow. Where did the snow come from? We're in North Africa. There's no snow in North Africa. And the things that you're making with your hands, you're doing all the things with your hands. They've got to be tired. Got carpal tunnel. Okay. Arthritis. So for me, I'm like, can one woman really do all of that? What did you learn, DJ? You know, I think, and and not to say that um, the pastor ever specifically said this, but I think what I walked away with was feeling like the Proverbs 31 woman was the blessed woman. That was the woman that was in God's graces. That was the woman that you had to aspire to be. And if you're not aspiring to be her, then what are you doing? Right. I still hold these verses very dearly in my understanding of it now. 
because one day my son is going to be older and say, this is my mama, this is my blessed mama. Sure, I, I will take that. If my husband, I'm walking out the house and he says, baby, you look great. You look wonderful. Do this. That's praise from my husband. I receive that. Uh, trying to be speak with wisdom and not speak too fast. These are things I hold on to, especially my price is far above rupees. You can't afford me, honey. Her. You know, mm-hmm. so understanding my worth Uh, I think I've certainly grasped from that, but to think that if anything outside of that I've done puts me out of the graces of God or considers me not blessed, hmm, that's difficult. Yeah, it's difficult for me too. I mean, especially because some teachings in the church will try to make us seem that we need to perform this virtuous womanhood when I think being who you are is a sign of virtue. I'm thinking of Megan Good. She's a great example of a woman who is showing up in her faith authentically. And that's the opposite of what many of us were taught. We were taught you can't be sexy and saved, right? You got to cover up. You got to look like, you know, gray and ashy and no color and no, like, Megan Good is so bold about her faith and she's a baddie too. And I love that even in the face of some Christians who were outright bullying her, she lived in her liberation. And the thing that I've learned on this journey, DJ, is that when people live in their liberation, it will be an affront to people who are not themselves liberated. Oh, absolutely. And Megan Good lives like God loves her unconditionally. Which is so beautiful. And I think what's interesting, I was just listening to my pastor on Sunday, uh, Pastor Julian Lowe from Oasis LA. And he was just saying, if we inside the church could not be so divided and stop gossiping and talking about each other and actually live in the love of God, the way it's planned, Child. the way we could support each other and really touch the world. Why are we so divided? Cause Megan good got on a dress that you don't, you don't have to wear it, but that doesn't mean she can't. That you're exactly. That doesn't mean she shouldn't have the ability to and love herself as she walks in it. Mm-hmm. You know, we got to get undivided. But that's, you know, as modern women of faith, we are able to stand in our God-given power and maintain and and maintain. Come on, both and. Yes, we are able to stand in our God-given power and maintain our personal, unique, wonderful relationship with God, no matter what anybody else thinks of us. Preach. And that's why I love that we are busting these myths and misconceptions because honey baby the proverbs 31 woman is a myth i need y'all to know that this text has been interpreted by many folks who are perpetuating harmful stereotypes of asexual super women who are all things to all people that's draining and it's not realistic and it doesn't see the fullness of our humanity plus here's the gotcha sis sib The Proverbs 31 woman is not about one woman. It's actually a composite of different women. So different women's stories, your aunties, your sisters, your line sisters, your cousins, all y'all put together make up the energy of the Proverbs 31 woman. And if you can understand that, then you can see where, oh, this is a piece of me. Oh, this is a piece of me. Mm-hmm. But never forgetting how God created you to be. I think that another myth is when people feel like this is the only way to be. And so any other passion that I have, any other hobby that comes to me that I would like to try, but seems like it's a little outside that scope, I'm just 
too scared. I'm not going to do it because I'm not meant to do that. Oh. And that is not a reality. I am meant to live in the fullness of what God has called me to be. And I think about stepping out and uh, wanting to pursue my acting, get my my BFA, my MFA. You know, people were like, what are you going to do with that? Like, what? how, how are you going to serve God? Very easily. I serve God by being everything God has called me to be by not denying any talent that he has given me. Right. By using it. Because the talents he gives is not for us to keep and hoard and do in a little room inside your house or in a closet. It is meant to touch people. He can use that to touch people and draw them to him. And so the myth that we have to live in this gray and only do exactly what the scripture says and not live out the full personality of what God has given us is just not true. It's not. And I really want us to redefine and expand these misconceptions and these myths, because there are some Christian women who are missing out on so much joy in their lives. I'm thinking of a pastor who, you know, is a black woman and got married to the love of her life. And at her wedding reception, her husband's trying to dance up on her. And she's like, no, I can't do that. I'm a pastor. I'm a pastor. And folks are at the reception like, ma'am, this is your wedding reception. Enjoy, live it up. Wind up on your husband. Yes. We need to redefine and expand. Ride that thing. Hey. Ride that thing. Sit on it. <laughs> yes. Oh, man. Not inside of the ceremony, but like definitely. Oh, praise the, the Lord. Yes. Amen. So if we're redefining what the modern women of faith uh, look like, I think that they take ownership of their lives. They step into who they are and they decide how they want to show up in every season. I think that for me, a lot of times we have not been honest about things that we go through, things that we've done, things that have changed us mm -hmm. because it doesn't feel like uh, society wants to hear that or we're shamed or we are embarrassed. And I think that we as modern women of faith show up in authenticity and honesty and sincerity so that we can help the others coming behind us. Right. That they're not walking into this imaginary, well, when you get married, it's going to be blissful and this will automatically be great. You'll give birth and you'll be happy and ecstatic. And, mm. and these are just not always the truth. Childbirth was a mess for me. Do I want to go through it again? No, I do not. Am I grateful? I am. I love my son with all my, I love that little joker. That's my baby. <laughs> but do I want to give birth again? No, I do not. That was a terrible experience. Being pregnant was a terrible experience. But I think if a, if a few more women had been honest with me about it, I would have been able to attack it with a little more knowledge and authority. And I think that really helps us because modern women of faith are honest about mistakes and regrets as well as triumphs. So back to that both and, right? You can tell me about the joys of motherhood. We can also talk about the horrors <laughs> that some of us experience, right? In our pregnancies and on our reproductive health journeys. So open, honest dialogue. I think that the modern woman of faith understands her options. She understands who she is and what she's worth. And she does not settle for less. Period. Also, and we're talking about being a modern woman of faith, woman specifically does not necessarily mean wife and mother. And I'm thinking of my dear friend, shout out to Reverend Rane, who uh, was an executive pastor, is now a chaplain, a scholar, also a wife and a mom. And back when I was doing poetry, I invited her to one of my events and it was on a Wednesday night. And I was like, you know, I know it's a school night and you have kids and your husband. She was like, they'll be fine. My husband and my sons can order pizza. <laughs> they can play with the dog. They can watch movies. I'm coming. And I was like, oh, wow. So you're a wife and a mom and a sister friend. 
and a cheerleader. And, you know, I was like, yes, show me another way, please. <laughs> yes, we are all of these things and we just need to see it more. And I think that when we choose, because it is choice to be courageous and to embody and express our faith in ways that are authentic to us, we help free others to do the same. Period. And our testifier today, every time she steps foot on that stage to speak, she brings liberation. She brings hope. She brings joy in a way that it's like lightning in a bottle. I love watching this woman speak. Come on. Pastor Sarah Jakes Roberts is a New York Times bestselling author, businesswoman, and media personality who balances career, ministry, and family. Sarah Jakes Roberts is redefining what it means to be a modern woman of faith. Her messages spread throughout the world define cultural, religious, gender, and socioeconomic boundaries. Alongside her husband, Tori Roberts, she co-pastors the Potter's House at One LA. And in 2017, Sarah launched Woman Evolve, a ministry that focuses on incubating every woman to her fullness. Since its conception, Woman Evolve has been successful at reaching and guiding thousands of women to awaken healing, wholeness, and love for themselves and each other. Let's hear from Pastor Sarah Jakes Roberts now. My name is Sarah Jakes Roberts, and this is my testimony. Most of the messaging on being a Christian woman that I received had a lot to do with maintaining your purity, making sure that you dress in a way that doesn't cause a lot of attention, to carry yourself with a certain level of meekness as to not take up too much power or to take up too much space. You needed to keep it silent and make sure that you were doing things that were agreeable. I got pregnant at 13. I had my son at 14. And I honestly feel like I spent 10 years trying to pursue my own path of redemption, thinking to myself that if I get this degree, if I get married, if this happens, then I will be redeemed. And the only problem with creating your own plan for redemption is that we are enabled of fully redeeming ourselves, not in the way that I think really produces wholeness. I think there is a redemption that says, you are okay just as you are. You're still lovable. You still have worth. You still have value. After I got divorced, I spent about a year and a half, I will say, of really just like coming to terms with like, this is my story. I can't outrun it. And God, can you show me how to love this story? Past redemption, there's like restoration where you become who God had in mind, even though you did things that God didn't plan for your life. And I think that I'm living in the restoration portion of my redemption story right now. And that takes me aback even now. I still have moments where I'm like, wow, God, you thought this about me all along. What I understand about my identity now that I didn't understand then is that there was nothing wrong with me. I think part of the work that I've done now helps me to realize that even the teen pregnancy was a symptom and not like what happened to me. Even before I got pregnant, even before I was looking for belonging in a community that would affirm my identity, I felt 
isolated in church groups. I couldn't clap on beat. I couldn't shout. I couldn't sing. The Bible was boring to me. Like it just wasn't giving what it was supposed to give for somebody who's like America's pastor's daughter. But what I know now is that God's not looking for this cookie cutter accountability of what it looks like to be in relationship with him. I think that for me, redefining what it means to be a modern woman of faith is like not being locked in to one expression of who a woman is so that we have the ability to grow and evolve and change our minds as we continue to receive revelation about who God is and who we are in God. It is uh, living a life of less restriction and more intentional leaning in to growth and development. My advice for people who are on the beginning of their faith journey is to really start with their why. Like, why is this moment in your life so important to your faith journey? What is it that you're looking for? Is it a sense of security? Is it a sense of love? Do you just want to taste and see what other people have experienced? And what do you think that will do for you? Because when we go into our journeys with an expectation or a specific hunger, then we know better what it is we need to be fed. Then when we go to scripture and to study the lives, the testimonies, the messages that speak to that space that you have hunger in and allow your appetite to be fed. And those testimonies will give you great insight into what God is able to do with you. My name is Sarah Jakes Roberts, and that is my testimony. We'll be right back with the fellowship after this. We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night, ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end... What will I become? Senwa Saga. Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. Pastor Sarah Jakes Roberts, welcome to Sanctified. Uh, Thank you. I'm really excited to be joining you all. I love the way that you said pastor. Like there was a lot of soul in it. It was a lot of heart. (laughs) It felt like the ancestors reached into your vocal cords. It was real. And my Shondo on the left hand side. (laughs) I felt that. To welcome you to Sanctified. (laughs) We're so glad you're here. I'm glad to be here. Listen, Sarah, we we all Black women here at Sanctified, we center the spiritual journeys of Black women. So we got to know, what is your favorite thing about being a Black woman? I love Black everything. I'm going to answer your question, but it's so funny. My youngest daughter is seven. And I started when she was very early on, like Black baby dolls, Black Barbies, Black, Black, Black. And I think I've turned her a little militant because everything she's like... <laughs> She's not black. I tell you that much. I'm like, well, you don't. (laughs) She's a little militant. But my favorite thing about being a black woman is how we take care of each other. I know that a lot of times people say that like women don't get along, but it has been my experience that the black women who have shown up in my life 
whether they were a stranger who saw a, my, one of my kids acting crazy on a plane and was like, girl, you need some help, or someone who was in an office space, like there is a desire to make sure that our sisters win. And I think we do that by nurturing each other in countless ways throughout our lives. I love that. Look, let me tell you, I was literally just coming from Atlanta and I have a 17 month old and I got on that plane and left my son's diaper bag in the rental car that we had. We were sitting there at the gate for like an hour because they were trying to get some bags off for a weight and balance thing. And my brother ran that diaper bag to the gate and the gate agent, this wonderful black woman, I think her name was Veronica. She came to the door to give it to me and they had shut the door. When I tell you that woman said, no, 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 we gonna get her this bag. The pilot would not let the, the flight attendant open the door. She banged on that pilot's window and said, open the window. No. <laughs> <laughs> I got my baby's diaper bag and we had a great flight, let me tell you. I love it. Black women are on your side. I know, that's right. We fight for each other. We do, we do. And one of the ways that we nurture each other is by listening to each other because our stories hold so much wisdom and medicine and your path, Sarah, has shown so many women that there is power in owning our stories. So what was the first step in owning your story? The first step in owning my story really came down to me telling myself my story. When we go through trauma, I mean, psychology proves this already. Like we shut down, like there's a, a mental barricade surrounding that trauma and many of us just continue living, even though that barricade exists. We don't talk about it. I don't want to hear anyone else talk about it. Like, I'm just trying to survive. And I think as long as we are living our lives disconnected in that way, it's difficult to own our story. We want to own the parts that look like I overcame. We want to own the parts that make us look like I became successful. But we very rarely want to own the parts that made us feel broken, that made us feel unworthy, that made us wonder whether or not we deserve to take up space. And so I always tell people, they're like, I have a story that I feel like can help people, but I don't know how to share it. And I'm like, until you can share that story with yourself without cringing, if you can share that story with yourself and feel love and compassion for the girl who had that experience or the girl who had to be silent, then you're probably not ready to share it with the world. But when you can own your story within yourself and for yourself and find love and compassion connected to that, you don't tell your story seeking affirmation, then you're able to share it knowing that it's going to help someone because you've done so much work to realize that everyone's got something. Here's my something to help someone feel less alone. So you said in your testimony that past redemption is restoration. That's living in who God has always called you to be. What was that moment when you recognized you were living in the restoration and that God always had that plan for you, even when you didn't know it back then? Oh, I don't want to tell this story. I'm trying, I'm still working to be like emotionally present. Um, but I started Woman Evolve and we had a conference and I invited all of these women who had become like sisters to me on this journey of growth and wholeness. And conference was amazing. But then I had this crazy idea for, cause women were like, I can't go, I can't go. And I was like, well, we'll do a tour and we'll do like a one night only experience for these women. And uh, right before we were set to leave on tour, I started having all of these thoughts like, 
you're in over your head. You don't know what you're doing. This isn't going to be effective. Like you really out here now, you're going to embarrass yourself, embarrass yourself in front of all these people. And I was at church, literally leaving Sunday night. I was at church Sunday morning and I was praying and I was worshiping and I was like, God, I don't know what these feelings are. I don't know if I can do this, like cancel the flight, like make something happen if I'm not supposed to do this. And God simply whispered in my spirit, I always knew to expect something like this out of you. Now, the reason why those words were so powerful is because when I got pregnant and I told someone in my family, well, someone in my family learned about it. I didn't tell nobody, but someone in my family learned about it. They said, I always knew to expect something like this out of her. And those very words that made me feel like, you know, there's something wrong with me. I don't like God took those very words and allowed me to experience restoration in that way. So that's how I knew that I was like beyond just being redeemed and really living out what God always knew. Oh, no, cry. God gave us tear ducts for a reason. (laughs) But to know that what someone said was so hurtful and God used that same thing to let you know, absolutely, you are worthy and where you're supposed to be. And this is how I've always seen you. I think learning that God has always seen us in this beautiful light is so liberating. So many people follow your ministry for hope. Pastor Sarah, you bring a lot of things. You bring beauty. (laughs) You bring fashion. You make being a Black woman in ministry and just on a, a massive faith journey fun. But so many women follow you for hope. Do you ever feel a pressure that you have to be this light? Or as you continue, does it become easier and easier? Hmm. So I had a blog and on the blog, I was just writing. Writing is like my first love. I can do it just like I close my eyes right now and write you anything. But when it became evident that like this is not just going to be like you behind the screen typing out things like your life can really help someone beyond a computer screen. I made a promise to myself to like always keep it authentic and to always keep it real. And I do sometimes feel like my life can be easily hijacked by other people's expectations. And when I feel that way, I try to disappoint people. (laughs) (laughs) I went on vacation with my husband and I had on some shorts and it wasn't exactly hoochie mama shorts, but the thighs were out. And um, I posted it and I'm like, of course I did not have to post it. Of course people would have probably never known anything about it. Like it wasn't scandalous. And I thought it was still very tasteful. But every now and then I post something that I know is going to like disappoint like the super religious people who have like put me on a pedestal. Someone's like, you out here half naked, you can't be. But you should know that because even if I don't post it, I am out here with these thighs out. And I just want to be honest about what you're getting when you get me. And so, um, and then I try to be honest, like I'm having a bad day or like I'm dropping balls and I'm trying to take care of the kids. Like I am not your hero. Like I am a woman on a journey who is leaning into who God has called me to be. And God gives me a message that I need. I share it with y'all, but it's not necessarily always that I had figured it out, but I want to walk this thing out with you. And so I try to make sure 
that I don't set myself up to be something that I am not so that people have less permission to do so. And if they do it anyway, then that's on them. But I got to be true to like who I am and where I am so that I can do this for the rest of my life because I don't want to be an image. I want to be a person. I love that. Sarah, I was talking earlier to DJ about making good and how I admire how she lives in my estimation and what I know of her, an authentic modern woman of faith's life. And just especially when it comes to fashion. So as someone who has thick thighs, (laughs) right. And is like, God gave me these thighs. Okay. Thick thighs save lives. So really this is salvation for y'all. Okay. Praise the Lord. (laughs) Actually that self love and that journey, like it's shining through you as well. And I feel like you have allowed us access into like the uh, the unfolding of it, like the cocoon portion, like this is what was going on with me, y'all, right? So now that you're on the other side and you're offering us so much wisdom and so much medicine, like you mentioned in your testimony, we need to start with our why. What is your why? My why is the belief that there is just one more person, one more woman who could benefit from hearing something that God gave me, just like one more. It turns out sometimes there's more than just one more, but like I'm literally motivated by the fact that there's just like one more for as much like influence or whatever that I have. Like this is a big world and there are a lot of people making a lot of noise. And I literally mean noise because sometimes it's not transformational and sometimes it's not helping anybody. And my voice is a whisper in that world. And I know that, but a whisper can still gather one, two, 10, 20, 30, couple hundred people until we can begin to see the tides change. And my hope is that I'm not just drawing people to me, but that they're experiencing God and being drawn closer to themselves and then being released to go get their one, 10, 20, hundred thousands. And I believe together we can really make the tide turn. So I am chasing after one more girl, no matter where she is, who I could be like, girl, get up and come on over here and let's get your life together. Now, listen, you talking about a whisper that Pastor Sarah Jakes Roberts, where you get happy when you preach and that growl comes out. And I'd be like, there it is. I don't know who I'm talking to in this place, but I hear God saying that I'm not allowing you to experience all of that revelation and all of that encounter so that you can keep it bottled up on the inside of you. That I'm letting you experience it because there's going to come a time when everything I placed on the inside of you is going to have to pour out so that it can draw everybody to the very glory that changed your life there's the note (laughs) oh i was just picking preaching clips and i was like do all of the clips have to have (laughs) me coming in so hot like can we ease into this thing no oh y'all don't understand if you've ever seen me in a room if you ever see me out like i have very little to say and i just I just think God gets me up there and he's like, I'm finna punk you. Like you about to do what I tell you to do the way that I tell you to do it. But I will say I've had moments where I was like, whoever that is, when you're preaching, you need to find her every single day because you out here being a punk and she don't look like a punk to me. (laughs) She is you. Yes. (laughs) Look, I think we all get punked when you got a kid. My God. Yeah. Tired. But you know, I'm gentle parenting and 
it has become very easy for me, but I think it's because I'm exhausted and I'm like, whatever, you know, if you want to cry, cry, you want to tap into your emotions, you want to express yourself. Tap it takes a lot of energy to be like the type of parent that I had where you like get somewhere and sit down and stop crying. And like, I don't care if you cry. Like I do. I care about all of those things. And the be- the more we can get past this, you know, the better off we'll all be. So sit in it, get what you need and then move on because man, life is out here. And life is going life as you will learn as you grow. I look at my son like, do you need something else? What else? What can I do for you? Get through it. <laughs> right. You've answered the why and how you need to start with your why. And you mentioned this, that the world is full of so much information, so many people hollering, making noise, but it's not necessarily transformative. What would you say to young women on their faith journey in how to decipher what is the noise and what is the whisper that is going to change your life? Man, I think a lot of that has to do with that intimacy with oneself to understand where you are on your journey and what you need. Because I do think that you can seek out voices that literally feed the area where you need growth and development. Um, For me, that comes through prayer and worship. Like, okay, so I'll actually rewind. Um, Because sometimes God can feel distant and out of reach and like restricted to religion and church. And then there are moments where I'm looking at the ocean, knowing that it's like teeming with life and an ecosystem. Or I look at a friend who is growing a human, like there's a human inside of you. Or I look at my children, and I'm like, and you were nothing but sales, and now you have a full beard and you're moving out. There are just these moments where you're like, God is real. I think when you start with that level of consciousness, that it removes the barriers that are often placed on God by people, by sermons, by the Bible sometimes, like it allows you to have an expansive recognition of who God is. And once you have that expansive recognition of who God is, there is a level of honor and esteem and wonder that is worship ultimately. And when you can tap into that sense of worship and then say, who am I when I'm in this place? Like, what are my thoughts? Does my insecurity exist here? Does my dream seem possible in this realm? Then from that place, I'm looking for voices that can live in this place. So if that voice doesn't live in this place, then that voice is going to bring me out of this place. And listen, we can't walk around in the clouds all the time. Sometimes you do need to get out of that place because you're in the real world. But my ultimate self, my ultimate identity exists in this place. And so the more that you can tap into that place and find voices that feed you in that place or help elevate you even higher in that place, the more you can begin to like cultivate that as a part of your faith journey. Mm-hmm. The doors of the church are open. Amen. And I know you have one more question, LaVon, but we didn't ask, and I really would love to know this answer. If God released you today and said, all right, I no longer need you to pastor, what would you want to do? Go to bed. I would want to go to bed. I would be like, (laughs) (laughs) okay, so I thought about this because I went through a tough season in May of last year where I was like, I'm not want to do this anymore. And I told my husband, like, I really want to go to school and get my cosmetology license. And I want to open up a hair salon because I can lay some hair down. Okay. Period. Yeah. A hairstylist. I can cook. I can have a cake. It could be bats. 
We never got the BAP salon with the salon and the restaurant in the same place. Probably some food permit situation, but if we separate it good enough, I think maybe we get Uh a 30 Uh inch bust down smelling like fried chicken. Come on now. Yes, like catfish and bread. No. Wait. You just need a wall and burn them ends of the hair and then go get yourself. Is it conditioner or is it tartar sauce? We don't know. Who knows? We don't know. Who knows? But it all works. It all works together. Just gonna need the Holy Spirit's discernment on that one. (laughs) (laughs) I love that. Well, I'm coming to that salon, child. And even as you know, you're dreaming about what life can look like. Because to be clear, restaurants and hair salons are ministries, okay? Um, they they feed us and nourish us. But um, we love that your bio says that you're redefining what it means to be a modern woman of faith. And in your testimony, you mentioned in part that being a modern woman of faith has less restrictions. And so as you're in this energy of dreaming and imagining for your life, what does a less restrictive faith look like for you? Honestly, I think it looks like what God intended from the very beginning, where there was no separation between humanity and divinity, where there was no people to overcome, no thoughts to overcome, no doubt to overcome. There was just this. The reason why I love preaching really is that's the only moment in my life where I am completely dependent on God in a way where I feel within myself, like there is no separation. I am all of who God has called me to be in that moment. I am, I I can't second guess. Like I have to, I literally have to practice getting out of my head so that I can be free enough to hear from God and flow with God and do what God tells me to do in that moment. And I think that those are the moments where um, I am, There's no limits. There are no restrictions. And then I team with people who live their lives in that same way. One of the reasons why I love like the glam part of it and the things that we do visually is because a lot of times creatives who love God and feel like their gift came from God don't have opportunities to express it in the fullness that they desire in a way that they feel like helps the kingdom. And so I love that we have creative, not just for my glam, but with our creative strategy with Womini Ball, with our writing team, um, with our technology officers that are able to bring their full expression into those moments, because I think everyone deserves to discover why God created them, to live it out in such a way that they have to depend on God. And there's no telling where they end and God begins. Yes. You know what? The glamour is a part of the anointing. It's a part of the ashe and the energy for me. And um, you were just chatting and it made me think of a quote from Prathia Hall, who was a black woman Baptist preacher. And she said, for the same God who made me a preacher made me a woman. And I am convinced that God was not confused on either account. Thank you for being an example of how God calls us to be both and, and we get to live in the fullness of that. Thank you. I've heard that quote, but I didn't know who said it. Thank you. Pastor Sarah, it's always been, I believe, both of our prayers uh, when we set out to do this, that women would be able to hear something that would change their lives, that would shift their focus, that would allow them to see themselves the way God sees them and has always seen them. And your testimony and your words, I think, are the ultimate way to end this. I know that I'm blessed hearing it. I know that our listeners will be blessed by the words of your testimony. So thank you for 
showing up and being authentic and being someone to see and know she can, I can too. Thank you. You're worthy, beloved. Thanks for being here. My pleasure. Thank you for the work you're doing. We need it. Many thanks to Pastor Sarah Jakes Roberts. We're going to take a short break, but coming up next, it's offering time. Well, guys, it is time for church announcements. You know, we got to get them in. So before we get to offering, we got to talk about a few things. Now, we are so grateful for all of the love that you've been showing us here at Sanctified. It's affirming. It's beautiful. We are very blessed and grateful. And because we want to continue to build and welcome you into more Sanctified episodes and just the whole community, we need you to do a couple things for us. We need you to tap the follow button, beloved, so that you are notified of everything we do over here at Sanctified. And don't forget to rate us on the Spotify app. So just go ahead, give us five. It's all good. We understand. We appreciate that. And lastly, tap that bell so you're notified as soon as a new episode is released. All right, that's it for our church announcements, child. Let's get into the offering. It is offering time, LaVon. Mm-hmm. Our final offering of the season one Sanctified podcast. Oh. Uh, and offering is one of our favorite times because during our offering, we do not need you to unzip your wallet. We like to give something affirming to you. So snap your coin purse closed. Because we (laughs) are bringing our offerings to you. DJ, what's your offering for today? Today, uh, I think the biggest thing that stood out to me was moving past redemption and into restoration. Mm -hmm. And learning that even as you live in this restorative place, learning that that is how God has always seen you. Mm. Whether or not you saw yourself that way, God has always seen you operating in the beauty that he has called you to be. Mm -hmm. That was so affirming and confirming for me. God has always seen you that way. It's just you getting to the place where you see yourself the way God sees you. We can do that. Yes, that is so glorious. I love that. And I really think that one of the ways that we can learn to see ourselves the way that God sees us is by continuing to redefine what our faith journey looks like. I think learning the truth about the Proverbs 31 scripture, I think Pastor Sarah Jakes Roberts teaching us about redefining what it means to be a modern woman of faith, redefine what Proverbs 31 means for you and for your life, redefine faith redefine a spiritual practice, redefine success, right? Like it doesn't have to have all of these trappings of like capitalism and society, social conditioning. You and God get together and dream up the biggest, grandest, most liberated, authentic version of your life. And then like Pastor Sarah said, listen to every voice that affirms that and go after what God has for you. 
that is already yours, beloved. Thank you so much for taking this journey with us on season one of Sanctified. Yeah. Thank you for tuning in week after week. Thank you for listening. And prayerfully, something has been encouraging and uplifting and confirming and put you on the path that you need to be on to be everything God has called you to be. Yes. Thank y'all so much. We know that y'all laughed, y'all cried because we laughed, we cried, we were stretched, (laughs) right? We had to come to terms with, hmm, maybe the way that I thought about this isn't the only way to think about it. And I think God is pleased. I know God is pleased. And so continue to keep the conversation going re-listen to your favorite episodes, go back and listen to the ones you haven't listened to, continue to tag us on social media. I love seeing your tags on Instagram and just all the wisdom that you're getting from the episodes. And you can always, always still email us at sanctifiedunbotherednetwork.com to let us know what's resonating with you from season one. We love you. And DJ, I would be remiss if I say thank you, girl, for being on this journey with me. Wouldn't be sanctified without you. Look, it would not be sanctified without you. I'm very grateful and I praise God for you. I've learned so much from you and I appreciate your knowledge, your wisdom, your understanding, your <laughs> your pastor hat and also your ratchet hat. <laughs> fantastic. <laughs> All in one. All in one at the same day. So, job. yes, we are both and. Perfect. So, thank you, Pastor LaVon Briggs. Aww. Thank you. You're worthy. And your name, your joy, your wonder, your gift of affirmation and exhortation, the way that you just willing to rock and roll and flow and go, and the way that you love your family. I'm talking specifically about your husband and your baby, because if, if anybody was going to come up, it was your husband and your baby baby okay (laughs) and that just brings me joy so thank you for you look god knows what he's doing so i'm grateful for this journey we love y'all thanks for being a part of sanctified family and remember as always you are worthy Sanctified is a Spotify original series produced in partnership with Jamel Hill's Unbothered Network, Lodge Freeway Media, and Exit 39. Hosted by Deborah Joy Winans and LaVon Briggs. From Unbothered Network, Lodge Freeway Media, and Exit 39, executive producers are Jamel Hill and Evan Dick. Head of content for Unbothered is Christina Tapper. Head of network production and operations is Rich Burner. Creative producer is Ashley J. Hobbs. Editor is Ayana Angel. And associate producer is Rachel J. Pilgrim. From Spotify, executive producer is Christina Tapper. Creative executive is Grace Delia. Senior program manager is Jessica Dow. And program manager is Jenna Lonergan. Special thanks to all the cross-functional teams at Spotify that helped bring this program to life. This episode includes original music produced by Cheyenne G. New episodes of Sanctified come out every Wednesday only on Spotify. So be sure to hit that follow button so you never miss an episode. <laughs>